what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast, The Offseason. I'm Patrick. This is Brubang. Before we get started, I actually just wanted to say something. I just wanted to say I I knew that the Timberwolves this whole time <laughs> would dig, dig out of the hole. <laughs> and I just want to confirm that my longtime Warriors pessimism was justified in in this case. Even though, even though, when you take a step back, having two lottery picks potentially is still really awesome. No, dude, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're totally wrong <laughs> because the lottery hasn't happened yet, dude. You're already claiming like this lost lottery pick and nothing's happened yet. Like you can't say that until the pick conveys because we still have a 9.4% chance of getting the fourth pick. But I, I was right about the Timberwolves and everybody else around them. Timberwolves, ta- yeah. uh, everybody tanking and then the Timberwolves having enough talent to to dig out of that yeah, of course, uh, bottom five. Of course, five. you're right. But you're right. Like the, the lottery hasn't happened yet and I still hold out hope. They have a 9.4% chance and they have a, what, their own 2.4% chance of getting it's into like the 1.9% top four. of getting the top four. Yeah. It's like 0. 0.5, yeah. 0. 0.4, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.4%. It's awesome, dude. So let's talk, let's talk about this, right? Cause so here's my, my take on this is I yeah. would rather, I would rather them get into the play, the play and do exactly what they did. And the two, the best thing that could have happened is a Steph and Draymond aren't hurt. You know, forget, forget the tailbone fracture, which is, um, you know, we could talk about another time and us just having a glimmer of hope of getting our first pick now. Like, I think that's exciting. I think that's worth more than watching um, a five game series against Utah. You know, it was a win, win and a lose, lose both ways. Thankful that they're not injured. Thankful that they showed out towards the end of the season, end up 15-5, can advertise to the rest of the league, like, hey, send us your ring chasers, you know? And, um, you know, that's all good. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. The Warriors right now, to me, they're, there's eight guys. They're eight deep, you know, right now in terms of uh, who you keep. They're eight guys who they played minus Mulder plus Wiseman. That's who I got. Exactly. I would also argue that this was a very great season for Steph. Like oh, this yeah. was the season he needed. Like last season was good because he got to rest. It was his Jordan playing for the the Barons year. Mm-hmm. And then this mm-hmm. year, what are what are what are the biggest criticisms of Steph? Uh criticisms of Steph, too many turnovers. Oh man, you're being nitpicky, dude. Just general in general. What is his biggest criticism? Uh that he can't carry a team. Yes, he can't Westbrook a team anywhere and he literally westbrooked a team this year and so that checkbox is 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 marked right bill simmons had a whole thing about adding him to his pantheon after seeing him do this even no matter how many mvps he gets how many championships he get and no matter how many times all of these talking heads say um you know hero ball doesn't matter hero ball is is antiquated they still want to see somebody hero ball for an extended amount of time before they put them in the Pantheon. It's absurd, but it's true. I mean, it's a silly take that he couldn't carry a team. He carried like the Warriors for every year before KD got there. And the couple of years that they were making the playoffs before they won the title. So, you know. Yeah, with a G League um, team. It's essentially a literally a G League team. 
So are you good? Are you okay? Is this therapy helpful? It is, right? Yeah. I mean, dude, uh, I, I put out a 24 minute episode of just me talking after the last game. So I'm all, I got it all out. It's all very cathartic. You have an 11% chance of getting a top four pick this year. I'm adding up both picks. I also spent a lot of time on Tankathon trying to get the Warriors the number one pick and the number four pick, and the closest I got was two and four. So that might be a bad sign. <laughs> How long did it take? <laughs> Do you really want me to tell you? I took it. It was an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh... I would say there's about a four out of, based on what I was doing, there's probably like a six out of... Like a six out of a five out of fifty, it was like six out of a hundred combinations were were really great, satisfying, which is about the right percentage. For me, I'm like, okay, if we get ten and and uh, fourteen, so it goes. If I expect that, then uh, I won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy because, like, I wish we could just flip flop the picks because having the number two pick this year and then the ten and fourteen last year, ten and fourteen mm-hmm, last year mm-hmm. would have been great. Would have been Halliburton. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There have been some decent late lottery picks. I mean, you mentioned last year, Halliburton, Clay Thompson, Devin Booker. I mean, there's tons everywhere. So it's just a question of picking somebody that fits the needs if they don't trade. I mean, we can go into a whole deep dive. I mean, we've texted back and forth. I'm sure we've talked to different friends as well about like what the Warriors could do. Uh, obviously, we don't even know what picks they have yet exactly. Might have to save that one for after the lottery. I do think that Myers is on the hot seat, though, if this doesn't happen. Yes. For sure. Yes. I said that in a recent episode because the excuse of having late first round picks and second round picks, that's not in play. The James Wiseman pick was a gimme. But now, now when it potentially, if it falls out of top five, the mid to late lottery, that's tough, man. That is really tough. And if he strikes out twice, there will be hell to pay from uh, at least Warriors fandom. Yeah, my my thing is also, I mean, were the Warriors in the conversation for Aaron Gordon? Like, were, would, did, would you have wanted Aaron Gordon? Because he's, I mean, he's killing it with the Nuggets right now. It seems like there was chatter, and I'm sure that Myers inquired, but it just felt like the Warriors didn't have enough. Like, that's what we kept hearing, like, you know. We couldn't get Oladipo. We thank God. <laughs> we couldn't get Gordon. We couldn't get you know Vucevic. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I would want any of them because if you just do something to get something, then you end up with an Evan Fournier who hasn't been in, who hasn't played like back to back seasons without being injured. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would have given up Ubre for Gordon. It depends on what else we would have. I'll, I'll had never to get off up. of this. Like if we just let Ubre walk, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I would have just wanted one because he got injured anyway. Right, I would have just wanted a second round pick. I mean, I know that's bad luck him getting injured, but him not fitting into the offense was very clear. I forgot he was on the team at a certain point. Yeah, it just seemed like he was. Do you ever do you ever go to the, one of those like silent discos where no? If you go to a silent disco, you put on these headphones and you can listen to a DJ play. And if you don't have on the headphones, then you don't hear anything. Um, but mm. the other aspect is there's actually two songs playing, so half the group is listening to one song and the other half is listening to a second song. That's essentially okay. what I see when I see Ubre playing. He, like he's <laughs> hearing a different song than the rest of the Warriors. Yeah, he's he's hearing like a, a love ballad about himself. Yeah, yeah, power ballad. But I don't believe in just trading anybody for anything. Um, just like I, I really hate all this chatter, especially from the San Francisco Chronicle, 
um, about trading Wiseman, two different articles, and then an entire 45 minute podcast about trading Weissman and, but not actually saying for whom it's just, it's just really frustrating. So I didn't, I didn't listen to that podcast and I didn't read the article. So, you know, what's uh, what's the quick rundown? The and quick then, rundown uh, your response. is Scott Osler and Connor Letourneau were basically saying James Weissman was, is not necessarily a bust, but he's not going to fit the timeline the next two to three years. And because of all the the injuries and him missing all of these games and now summer league and probably the start of the uh, you know part of most of the off season, he's just not going to match up with Steph's timeline. Um, and I'm not saying that you should not trade him, but I'm just constantly annoyed of this chatter of trading him, and there is no conversation about who they would want in return, what his value is. If you're going to say somebody is invaluable or say somebody that is not valuable. Tell me what his value is worth so that you can figure, tell me who you can get. And then the one name I heard when Connor Lertono basically said, this is who I think we should trade for. He proposed Weissman, the Minnesota pick, the Warriors own pick and Wiggins for Sabonis. Like he threw out Sabonis's name and I, he didn't even name another name from the Pacers. So I think what he was implying was a four for one deal for DeMontis Sabonis. Thoughts. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I, no, no way. It was like a 10th like pick, right? I would never and do that. I don't think anybody knows yeah. his name outside of Indiana and <laughs> an Eastern Washington state. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's unfortunate. He's, um, an East, you know, he's an East All-Star, you know? <laughs> yeah, so was uh, D'Angelo Russell. Exactly. Uh, at some point. Um, yeah, you know, maybe these uh, beat writers, they're... Uh, they're uh, taking it easy. Maybe they're taking uh, the off season. Yeah, that sounds kind of lame, to be honest. Listen, like I personally think that Wiseman will be helpful next season. He will be better. He will be better because he can't be worse. And his prime may not line up with Steph's prime, but unless you show me something really, really good, uh, I don't think you pass on that. I mean you're selling really, really like pennies on the dollar for a guy who everybody's kind of down on more or less, right? People say he has potential, but right. Like everybody is talking about, Oh, should have taken Lamelo, And that's not just in warrior's land. That is beyond right. Like the optics of it all. So you're selling really, really cheap. And everything that he showed us last year in flashes, he can still do. And every time he was starting to get good, he got hurt. So it's not like he stinks. It's not like he's a bust. And I do think he'll be serviceable next season, right? He'll be better. He'll at least be in the system. He may not be able to work out and he's not going to be as good as he would have been if he didn't get hurt because he would have played summer league. He would have worked out with KG, all this stuff, but he'll be better. You could put him in there. Hopefully just drill into his mind what he can do or what he has to do with Steph. Maybe he watched enough of the Warriors play, watching what Draymond, what Looney, what Juan Toscano Anderson did, and maybe he could facilitate that a little bit better. And then you throw him in with a second unit with Poole, the way Poole's been playing, with uh, Clay eventually, who knows, with Wiggins. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a good look, you know? And having that big body out there that just changes stuff up. Like Sabonis is good, but like you're giving up 
a, a lot. It's one thing to say Sabonis for Wiseman straight up or Wiseman in like a pick, but like you're giving up a lot. It's ridiculous to talk about also because we don't know what the fucking picks are right now, Connor Laterno. Right. Like you could say it all you want right now, but what if that's the number one and number four pick? Right. And so let's just let's just imagine imagine that Sabonis is on the team right now. And you were to say, I'll trade you Sabonis and you get Wiggins, James Wiseman, and then two lottery picks this year. Would you make that trade as a warrior? If I had Sabonis and And Indiana offered you those four, those two players. And oh hell yes, that's like a godfather deal for Yeah, for, you'd be uh, like, What? Sabonis. You're gonna give me two you're gonna be a three lottery picks, essentially. You know, and Wiggins. There's I think there's a, a type of fan or a type of journalist who's just like, oh, let's just, you know, throw the future away and uh, anything it takes to, like, get people in Steph's timeline. That's it. That's it. You know, and I think that's really short sighted. I think that's actually really, really silly. It's, it's almost like the philosophy of being like, say, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit as the general manager slash head coach. It's like, oh, man, this team sucks. We got to win. I got to make some moves. Let me trade all this stuff for Blake Griffin. Oh, that didn't work out. I guess I'm leaving. You know, <laughs> and it's like the fans and who are, who are left being like, "Well, that was a dick move." I agree. I totally agree. And I think I think he might have gotten what he wanted to, which is to get other people talking about what he's saying, because he's conflating two different types of moves right now. One move is to trade four lottery picks for an impact player, like an all star crazy good franchise player, right? That's the going rate. These are pretty good players and picks. The other is to make small moves and add it all up. And cumulatively, it's a great move, right? You move three pieces here, two pieces there, a contract here, and you end up with a player. He combined both moves and got the worst of both worlds. Not only is he giving away a lot, but then in return, he's getting a small move. It's absurd. And then the other thing I heard was this Miles Turner bullshit. Is the, is are the Pacers like? Do we want? I mean, do we want any Pacers at all? I don't. No, no. I mean, Miles Turner has been somebody that they've talked about since the beginning. They being like just random journalists and bloggers since like the off season, right? Since uh, oh, why take Wiseman? Trade Wiseman, get like a guy who's already proven who can shoot and all this stuff. And I don't, I don't want that. You know, Miles Turner's maxed out, in my opinion, you know, in terms of his ceiling. I don't know. I mean, until we start seeing who actually is available, I get why these guys just make up stuff and throw stuff out there, pull names out of a hat, because I don't know who would be available personally. Like you've been saying, I want to see these picks. I want to see where they land. And then we can actually talk, right? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, man, like, I'll be honest, I, I've kind of laid off Warriors Media in the past week because a lot of it is just like the same jibber jabber because no one knows anything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like people are just pulling stuff out of their asses. And uh, some of it is actually interesting, but until we see those lottery picks where they land, it's tough to say talking about who we could get with late lottery picks has been kind of interesting. But uh, again, we could save that for when there's more clarity. So dude, you bought a, uh, a new t-shirt from what's the website? Getropa.com, as in get, G- get clothing in Spanish. G E T R O P P A.com? Yeah, R O P P A. Ropa. All right. And that's that's your buddy uh, Jose's company, right? 
Yep. And you you bought one of these shirts. Like somebody tweeted about an article about Juan Toscano Anderson, and one of the images that I saw was his shirt. Guerreros Estado Dorado, Golden State Warriors. And it has like a, a it's like a warrior. Like a yeah. like a yeah, indigenous warrior. It's comfy? Yeah. It's pretty high quality. He's got uh yeah, his own tag on the inside and outside. It's pretty yeah. high quality, man. Definitely worth it. Yeah. Would you uh, recommend it to others? I would, yeah. I mean, other than your shirts, I think these are the best fan made shirts, right? Between your your shirts at OaklandWarriors.com and these shirts at Get Ropa. He's got some other cool stuff too. He's got he's got a Raiders one that says Senores. Uh, <laughs> and the, the the logo has like the guy has sunglasses and, and a mustache. I'm might get one myself. So uh getropa.com, check out uh, Jose's stuff. Guerreros, which means warriors, and then Estado Dorado, which is Golden State. That's a good idea. I like that. I do want to end on a happy note, which is me attending a game recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you went, I totally forgot. Once I heard Zion was injured, I totally forgot that was the game you're going to. <laughs> it was essentially a G League game, yeah. So but that was a fun game. It was. So and I, I didn't I didn't actually stay for the full game because the person I brought did not want to stay till the fourth um quarter. And I'm just an old man, dude. Like driving back like from San Francisco to back to San Jose, it just took forever. It just felt felt like forever. But, That's a long drive. You, you drive like down the 101? Or yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was easier to get from um, Oracle back home just because I you, I knew the back ways through International Boulevard and all this stuff. But just like right. you know, maneuvering from China Basin back, um, it's just it's just hard, man. It's just I don't think that, I don't I, think I could ever do it. I mean, that is just plain and simple. That's that's far. You know? It's far. <laughs> Not to mention like traffic, if there was any at this point, and there wasn't any traffic even. Like I can't imagine. So so the way the way it works this past year was once you get your ticket, you, you get this confirmation email that describes the entire COVID protocol process. Mm -hmm. And you have two options. You can either, if you don't want to show your vaccine because you didn't get one, Mm -hmm. um, then you get, you can show them that you are um, negative with a test. Okay. And what they do is no matter, even if no matter what you do, they're sending you these two at home tests. And I just looked it up. Lucera, Lucera makes this, and it's probably the most popular PCR test that you take at home. Mm-hmm. They are like $60 a test. That's how much these PCR tests cost. And so I didn't have to take it, so I still have the box. I'll probably use it you know, when I travel because you need to get tested when you travel now internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, but going to the game, I'm just like, man, there are literally going to be people walking around with these tests because that because they're essentially going to be anti-vaxxers, right, that show yeah. up with these tests. Because yeah. by now in the Bay Area, you can get the test. I mean, you can get the vaccine. So if you show up as of like middle of May with your PCR test, that means you're making a statement that you don't want to get the vaccine. And sure yeah. enough, we're in line behind these like two old white guys who were just very proud of, of having their PCR tests with them. They they look at your vaccine card. They let you in. Capacity is about 4,000, but it felt like 10%. So 4,000 out of, out of 20,000. I, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it felt like it was 10 because I think a lot of the people were actually in the box seats. Mm. So they weren't actually in the stands. There was a whole section around half court that was the vaccinated section. And so there's a bunch of people just pretty close together and normal. Yeah, everything is mostly open. Uh, I'd say probably like 60%, 50% of all the restaurants were open. You have to eat at a designated location. It's not hard to get a table to sit at or stand at to eat because there's just less people. Drinks like normal. 
Um, most it, within the the concourses, everybody mostly had their masks on. Some people were eating and drinking at the same time. Um, if you have to definitely wear your mask in the seats, though, I think the Warriors do a better job of better than the other arenas, just based on fan shots in other arenas with people's masks like halfway down their nose. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's ushers that run up to you and say, please put your mask on. And they have a little sign um, yeah. whenever that happens. And so that was really cool. Can you bring food and drinks to your seat or was it you no, had to eat no, it? In you, the have to eat you have to eat at a designated place. Um, okay. But yeah, the safety, I would imagine the safety is because J- Joe Lacob has a master's degree in public health. So <laughs> he's not going to joke about this shit, right? You know, how many times I've been hearing that he has a master's degree in public health. By the way, a lot of people have master's degrees in public health. They do not own basketball teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think, yeah, that's not how master's degree in public health works. It doesn't mean that you're, you are, you're still trying to make money as an owner of base of a basketball team, by the way. Um, but yeah, general experience, pretty awesome. I think if you really like the Warriors, like I do, it was fun to watch um, this type of team playing. Obviously it would have been better to see any other game because Steph went off in every other game and he sat in this game. Um, so it was a disappointment that way, but yeah, overall pretty great experience. What was the worst thing about it? About the game experience or watching the game? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to a game live. Uh, without Steph and without that drama, it's just better to watch games at home in general. And that just might be me at this age. If all, all the little things independently of each other is fine, right? Wearing a mask at your seat, not being able to eat or drink at your seat, 4,000 people instead of 20,000. Um, having the B squad out there, all these things independently of each other is fine. But when you add it all up, it's like, oh, maybe I should just watch this at home. And it helps that I didn't pay for the tickets. Uh, <laughs> if I paid for the tickets, I definitely would have been pissed because yeah. it's just, I mean, at, at this at this point in time, just like how hard it is to get to China Basin and where to park and how much you pay for everything. Also, yeah. everything was half off with a Chase credit card too. <laughs> So all the food, the drinks were full price. All the food was half off and all of this merchandise was half off. So all of these things being true sort of helped, but, but normally it would not have been a good experience if I had to pay full price. Were they selling booze? They were. Yeah. Full booze. And what's it like seeing like the, the player's side of the court, you know how nowadays it's like, obviously there's still that big screen and the player's benches they basically just cover the the corners right like the whole they come like across half the baseline and is it strange to see it like that or you know like seeing all the players like lounging so much no it makes it makes sense because you want to protect the players from the fans like you don't want a mm-hmm. situation where a fan can spit on a player for god's sakes or cough on them, yeah. right? and yeah, so if you, you look at that. all the different screens all the different arenas they handle it they close off all those portions yeah um it is kind of weird though because you can't, you don't know where everybody is. So if you're like, oh, I want to look at Clay, you can normally know where he's sitting, but he might be on the baseline behind a table or something. So that's mm. kind of sad, but um, it also means that they were probably sitting too close together before too. And the fans are probably too close to them too. So. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to subscribe and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. 
Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.